Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the new and improved Football Garbage Time NFL podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is senior staff writer Ryan Whitfield. Happy New Year, Ryan. How were your holidays? Happy New Year, sir. Um, you. you know, my holidays were, were good. Um, but, you know, I want to take 10 seconds to pontificate here, just let you know that I've already started to plan for my annual divisional round uh, playoff party because the Pats are in it again. Um, <laughs> okay. My, my Celtics are in first place, and the Bruins are 16-3-2 uh, and uh, two in the last 21 games. Um, so yeah. it's, uh, as usual, good to be in Boston, even in 2018, <laughs> my friend. Oh, well, it's going to be good to be in Boston, except for the fact that we got the uh, Bombo Genesis coming tomorrow. I hope you're ready for that. You ready for the Bombo hey, Genesis from, and the Bomb Cyclone? Hey, you, you let me work from uh, work remote, work from home day. Uh, I'll take it. I love snow days. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a ton of news to talk about coming up today. We're going to be talking about some of the head coaching positions that are open, and in particular, two of them: the Indianapolis Colts and the Chicago Bears. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about Chuck Pagano, and then we're going to talk about each of the wild card games. Some really interesting wild card games coming up. And uh, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, eight teams this year made the 2017 playoffs that did not qualify for the playoffs in 2016. So nice big shakeup. Shows a little bit of parity in NFL. That's great to see. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. All right. So I already mentioned that there's a lot of head coaching positions open as the New York Giants fired Ben McAdoo a few weeks ago and several head coaches, head coaches were fired after week 17, including John Fox from the Chicago Bears, Jim Caldwell from the Detroit Lions, Jack Del Rio from the Oakland Raiders, Chuck Pagano from the Indianapolis Colts. And in addition to that, Bruce Arians retired from the Arizona Cardinals, along with their current starting quarterback, Carson Palmer, leaving a number of holes there as well. So, A lot to talk about, but let's focus on the two teams that a recent NFL poll has determined is the most desirable head coaching position and the least desirable head coaching position currently available. On the most desirable side, apparently, it's the Indianapolis Colts after Pagano's firing. And regarding Pagano, the Colts owner, Jim Marseille, stated, quote, Chuck Pagano provided Colts fans with many exciting wins and memories as head coach of the Colts. But is that really accurate? He arrived in 2012, led the Colts to the playoffs for each of his first three seasons, but then missed the playoffs in 2015 and 2016 with an 8-8 and record, and finally hit rock bottom this year, missing the playoffs with a 4-12 and record. Pagano leaves the Colts with the regular season record of 53-43. and Ryan, <laughs> I know how you feel about Chuck Pagano, but what do you think about this uh, right now? Now that Chuck Pagano is gone, what do you think about Chuck, Chuck Pagano and his tenure of the Colts? Um, it it was a joke. I mean, this is an organization that fell ass backwards in into the second, you know, coming of Peyton Manning. They they had Peyton Manning. They had one bad year, and they turned it around to come back right with Andrew Luck. And you know, as much as I don't like Pagano, you know my big my big uh, grievance was with Ryan Grigson and how long he was able to stay there. He drafted right. every tiny little fly receiver. It basically, he drafted T.Y. Hilton, 
and then drafted his replace. I mean, the same guy in Dante Moncrief and the same guy in Philip Dostet, just both of those guys yep. were as good. Um, mm-hmm. So it just it just built this super finesse, super soft team um, that, that at times could rush the passer a little bit, but they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't play press man coverage. Um, obviously, they have an offensive line. Castiglione is one of the most overrated, worst tackles in football. Um, got Andrew Luck killed. Andrew Luck, if you, I, I, feel, I feel like that's what the, the, the desirable part of this is, is that um, people say, well, Andrew Luck, you know, you have, well, you have Andrew Luck for the future. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a warning sign when a guy was supposed to be back week one after being injured halfway through last season. This guy hasn't played football in a year and a half. Um, yeah. what, what kind of shape is Andrew Luck in? And I'm not talking football yeah, shape. I mean, just like debilitating. Yeah, and, and you get you get you got the pill head running around with money bags, you know, uh, lurk, uh, you know, guy who just fell into the organization, you know, into being an owner, you know, the the, the lucky son club there with uh, Jim Irsay. <laughs> you know, I just right. think it's a dysfunctional organization. I think if you look at those Colts teams, as much as I've crapped on Peyton Manning for years, and a lot of it's because he took so much money, they've never built a good team. I mean, yeah. they, they they've had a couple good pass rushers. They had Bob Sanders, who could never stay healthy. They've never had a true number one corner. They, they can't build a defense. They can't play power football. And they got lucky, I'm sorry to say this to you, but they got lucky they played Rex Grossman in that first Super Bowl. Otherwise, they'd have no Super Bowl championship. So I agree. I, I agree with that. This is a, an absolute mess, and, I, and I, I'm forgetting. I'm drawing a blank on the GM's name now. Um, but I do, I do like him and what he's done there so far. I thought he had a pretty good offseason, but they're still a couple steps away, Andrew Luck or not. Yeah, so I, I think you're referring to uh, Chris Ballard, the new GM, uh, or the GM, I should say, that yeah, came in Chris last Ballard. year. Sorry, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So, um, so I uh, I agree with everything you say there. I mean, I, I'm not. <laughs> just, I'll pick my battles. This is not one I'm going to pick. Let me just ask you now: Do you agree with the poll that the Colts is the most desirable current head coaching vacancy in the NFL? Uh, no. Wow. Okay. Why? Why not? I mean, you got like you said, over. you got Andrew Luck. Yeah, I think, really? okay. I think Derek Carr and Amari Cooper, who I think is one fix away, although I did see some rumor pop up over the weekend that they might be releasing Michael Crabtree, which I think is absolutely uh, yeah, insane, given the issues that yeah. Cooper's had. Um, but, I mean, you got you have, you have pieces to build around. Donald Penn at left tackle. I mean, that's a team that, that went to the playoffs just last year, and if you can finally get a couple pieces on defense outside of Khalil Mack um, and then, you know, get, get, get a younger running game in there, and just add another receiver, and they're going to have a decently high draft pick this year. So, um, yeah, I, right. I think Oakland's much more desirable. And you get a fresh start in Vegas here. So I, I, I'd take yeah, Oakland. That's true. And I, but, you know, it's pretty clear, as much as they're denying it because of the Rooney rule and all this other stuff they got to do, it's pretty clear John Gruden is going to be the new head coach there. So that, that position, I think, is pretty much gone. And I think Adam yeah, – uh, or it was Ian Rappaport who said, okay, so he hasn't admitted he's going to be the head coach, but he's basically – already recruited his entire coaching staff. So either he's going to have, he's going to be the new head coach of the Oakland Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders, or he's going to have one really kick-ass flag football team in his backyard. So, you know, it's pretty clear that's, that's going to be off the table. So when you think Oakland off the table. On his coaching staff, right? Yep. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That's the guy I want (laughs) in my office. He did such a great job back in the day, so. Yeah, right. So, so let's talk back to the Colts, though. I mean, so if you take Raiders off the page, I mean, do, do you think the Colts still are up there? Um, I mean, I'd still, uh, you know, and this is a, a big if, but if I, you know, if I could interview with uh with um the Mara family and say, uh, you know, if you if you take uh, 
Jesus, I'm on the ground blank here. Yeah, if you, uh, if you can commit to that we're moving on from Eli Manning and take the dead cap this year and I can go draft a quarterback um, or even if I have to play Eli for one year. Because I, I think the cap hit, if they cut Eli this year, is really bad. But if they cut yeah. him next year, um, it's, right. like, it's significantly less bad. So if you have one year, you get to draft a top-end top kid to learn from Eli this year, then you move on from Eli after the 2018 season. Um, I mean, you look at Janoris Jenkins. Um, yep. Olivier Vernon, you know, that defense has a lot of pieces. Oh, uh, Landon Collins, and then the offense. I mean, I mean, at some point, since you know, because they haven't had a running game since Brandon Jacobs in 07, the Giants got to figure out how to run the ball again. That's true. Um, yep. They're the only team that can't find any scrub to run the ball. They find any scrub to, to, to run behind the, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. But I, I still think the Giants, I just, and that's another good organization with a good structure. Not the open right. organization, but they're a good organization, good structure. So if you can go in there and get your guy this year in that in the draft with a you know a heavy quarterback draft, I'd still rather take that. I just I don't want to work for Jim Ursay. There's too much dysfunction. Um, I mean, I guess if you're a head coach, you can go there and be mediocre for five years, so you know you have some yep. job security. So maybe maybe that's a draw. But um, you know, <laughs> hell, I think that I Jeff the Fisher. They that. should get Jeff Fisher then. Jeff Fisher, mediocre. Hey, it'll it'll be an improvement off the record this year. That's true. That's true. You want to go eight and eight. Hey, so I'm going to switch over to the Bears for a second. John Fox leaves there after three years. Atrocious 14-34 and 34 record in Chicago. Bears clearly have issues all over the place, but they have some potential building blocks. They have Jordan Howard, your favorite from last year, Tariq Cohen. Mitchell Trubisky, whether you like him or not, he, he is at least going to be slated to be the QB of the future. Danny Trevathan. So, you know, according to the NFL poll, the same poll that said the Colts were the most favorable, most desirable current H, uh, head coach vacancy, the Bears are listed as the least desirable current head coaching vacation, uh, vacancy. Do you agree with that? No, I mean, I, I, even, I just started to say that at the end of that last segment that I would, I would almost consider them over the Colts because I think there's more, um, you know, structure and, and stability in that franchise and a more storied program. And, again, I, I, I'm not kidding. The Jim Ursay thing – you know, and I saw, um, forgetting his name now, but there's an Indianapolis beat writer I follow on Twitter, and he was saying today, you know, don't worry about the optics of how Jim Irsay comes across in press conferences. It doesn't have to do with the day-to-day operations. Um, I mean, he's the man writing the checks, so it does. Uh, he's the man who kept Ryan Grixon as long as he did and Chuck Pagano as long yep. as he did. Um, so I think, you know, I look at Chicago, and I, and I see a, a supremely underrated defense. I mean, they're, they're, they're consistently in games. With no yep. offense, and I'm not them for this yep. Yeah, you know, yep. I think they have a, a good offensive line. Um, they have a, a solid running game, and the, the issue is, is that they haven't been able to replace the receivers in a couple of years. And I, I don't know, you know, where I'm at with Mitchell Trubisky. It's so hard to, to grade him this year yeah. again, given the you know the ghost of Kendall Wright uh, running routes out there. Um, so they gotta they they gotta go. Um, you know they got to go get at least two receivers. They you know yeah. they got to go grab a guy in free agency, and they have to get um, you know somebody in in uh, you know in the draft here. That and that's that's really where yeah. I focus. I think if they get a if they get a passing game, that uh, that really changes things. And you know I think you can go get um, a good big body guy in the in in the regular season uh, or in the in the draft here, um, and then you could get you know Cameron Meredith, who's kind of more of a possession guy. And the yep. name that really intrigues me for them is as much as he can be a bust sometimes, you know, the, the thing they'd be missing, someone to take the top off the defense, even though I hate that phrase, but if he's your third guy, <laughs> and Danny Watkins is going to be a free agent this offseason. Yeah, no, so if you go get Danny Watkins, give him another, give him another weapon, you know, the, the Bears could be easily a, a wild card team next year. So, yeah, maybe grab uh, Michael Crabtree to let him go, too. 
I like the yeah. Bears. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, All right. So let me let me say well. this. I, yeah. You know what? I, I'm gonna, we're going to pivot off to the wild card, but I do want to just get your response to this just just quickly. You know, both Josh McDaniels and um, and um, uh, Patricia are, are going to be uh, high on the list of people who uh, are up there for head coaching positions. Both of those guys, offensive and defensive coordinators for your Patriots. Uh, where do you think the best fit for each of those guys would be? Um, you know, I, I like McDaniels in New York. Um, and I think, I think that's where he ends up if he leaves. Again, you know, McDaniels has been really cautious, and it's been because you only get two shots. Um, yeah, which a lot of true. those guys we, we listed off today that got fired, that was their second shot. So bye bye, yep. Jack Del Rio. Have fun being a coordinator yep. the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but so McDaniel's knows that he's not stupid. He's got one more crack at this. Denver was a bad failure. Um, so I think I think New York makes the most sense, the most stability, uh, most amount of talent, and you know now he just goes and you know uh, again if he can get that conditional hey same page here, right? I'm not coming in to coach Peyton, uh, Eli Manning who hasn't been good in three years for the next three years and potentially lose my job over that. I want to know that we're moving to a succession plan. So if he gets right. that, you know, agreement, uh, then, you know, I think that's a great fit for him. Um, you know, for Matt Patricia, for Patricia is interesting. Um, I, I would probably say Detroit because I think they have a good enough offense and he can do enough work on the defense. I honestly right. think there might be more interest in Patricia just because you look at the job Patricia's done this year. And even really right. last year, with a lot of the talent depleted since the 2014 team on the defense, and then you look at McDaniel's, who's great, but also has the greatest quarterback of all time. So I think yeah, that actually hurts McDaniel's more than Patricia. Um, but you know, there's all the rumors that they want Patricia to lose weight, turn his hat around, and shave his beard before he gets any real consideration. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, keep in mind, McAdoo actually was great with Aaron Rodgers too before he went on to completely suck with the Giants. So. You know, a lot of people are going to have that in the back of their head as well. I mean, and McDaniels did have a shot with the Broncos back in 09. And so, you know, there's a lot of things there as well. That'll be really interesting. Well, we're going to talk about more of this next week. But I want to turn to the wild card games really quick because we want to talk about our predictions on that. Let's ring the bell on that. Let's turn to our first wild card game of the weekend. That's the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday, 4.35 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, give us your two keys or number one key for the Titans and your number one key for the Chiefs. Um, so this game is easily the most boring this weekend, which is, you know, wow. typical the wild card weekend, the one they put on Saturday. Uh, the first game is, is usually the worst. Uh, let's talk about a snooze fest. Um, keys to the game, uh, Kansas City has to show up and walk off the bus. Um, and uh, <laughs> and the, the second one um, is – no, no, there is no second one. Uh, I mean, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever validates a legal game in the NFL books, as long as those thresholds are met, um, then Kansas City takes this one. And I think Kansas okay. City is a super flawed team. I think they're a gimmick offense. I think, as I've told you before, they take, uh, you know, they work, they work harder than any team in the NFL to gain three yards, and it's 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 almost <laughs> painful to watch. They'll motion this guy, and then this guy steps back, and he motions left, and the wide receiver resets. Then the running back motions out right. Now the tight end gets up on the line. Alex Smith steps back, yells a couple things, taps his helmet, uh, licks his hands, gets back down, steps back. He drops in the shotgun, running back motions back. They hand the ball off three yards, second down, seven. And like that's Kansas City football. And then every once in a while they hit something deep, um, you know, to, to, to Tyree Tyree kill. Tyree kills. Yeah. And, and, again, but Tyree kills the kind of guy, and this is, you know, the thing that um, – Obviously, the Patriots' atrocious, uh, secondary was atrocious in that first game this year. But Tyreek Hill is the kind of guy you just double team and don't let him get behind you, and you and he's right. taken out of the game. 
So you can game plan yeah. around him. I just think Tennessee sucks. Um, I think it's a, it's a Mike Malarkey issue. I think yeah. um, that we've now seen, and I was. I think you can go back to our preseason shows and see me talking about the Titans and me buying in on the Titans. Uh, I think we all have to come to a consensus here, kind of hold hands and kind of look at each other and nod and all agree that we're going to stop saying Marcus Mariota is going to progress. He's not that good. Yeah. He just isn't. Yeah. It, it's three years in the league now, and he's the same guy he was three years ago. He's, he's, the, he's the typical uh, you know, two steps forward, five steps back. Every time you think he's about to turn a corner, he has like the worst game you could ever have, turns the ball over a lot, and it's, it's constantly a hamstring and a cap and this and that and the other. Um, when, where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's a bunch of excuses, there's a sh- uh, oh, almost the answer. There's a sucky player behind it. Um, so you know, for me, I just don't buy into the Titans at all. I think that defense is overrated, and you know, I think that they should have kept Jason McCourty. I think him and Logan Ryan playing corner uh, there would have been a, a better mix than what they have now. And so I think I think Kansas City wins this one. I think uh, most of us spend the time talking to our friends who are at, their, at our house watching this game with us than actually paying attention. <laughs> Okay. Well, okay. So my my two two keys of the game for the Titans are number one. So and I agree with everything you said, by the way. And, and it's very rarely happens that we completely agree on this one. But my 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 two keys for the Titans is that they need some consistency on offense. Uh, Marcus Mariota actually this year has tossed more interceptions than touchdowns, and he's leading an offense that ranks 23rd in total yards per game and 19th in scoring and 24th in turnover differential. They might be better off uh, without DeMarco Murray out there, but he says he wants to play through an MCL injury. That's actually a huge mistake because he wasn't good when his MCL was good. And, uh, and if he was out, at least they could lean on Derrick Henry. They've they got to find some consistency if they want a chance. Number two, they need to maintain a strong run defense. They rank fourth in yards allowed this season to running backs, but they need to contain Kareem Hunt because he's found second wind here. The Chiefs, Two, uh, and then one of those is a mirror of what we just talked about, Kareem Hunt. He needs to continue his hot streak. He had a league-leading 1,327 yards with eight touchdowns. He started hot, went cold for a long stretch in the middle of the season, and then he stepped up in the last four games. If he keeps that up, it's basically a done deal. And they got to get Travis Kelce the ball. He's one of the best pass-catching t- tight ends in the league, no matter how you feel about his personality. And the Titans have no linebacker or safety that's big and Neither. fast enough to cover Kelce. This is where the Chiefs will essentially dominate the game. If they get the ball to Kelce and they give it, hand it off to Kareem Hunt, this is a done deal. Current line is eight and a half for the Chiefs. What's your prediction? Will the Chiefs win and will they cover the spread? I'll say first, this is why we work so well together, man, because I, I sit here and just tell you how everyone sucks and why everyone's an idiot, and then you come through with the stats after to back it up, so I appreciate <laughs> you for that. Um, yeah. and, and apparently 2018, we're on the same page with a lot, but yeah, I'm taking... I'm taking uh, I'm taking the Chiefs given points here. Uh, the Chiefs okay. are going to win this in a runaway. It's not even going to be close. Um, again, wow. ten- Tennessee better keep the buses warm. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to agree the Chiefs will win, but I am actually going to take the Titans with the eight and a half. I think they can hang around. I don't know how close it'll be, but I think eight and a half is a reasonable bet. Let's move on to the next game. That's the Atlanta Falcons at the Los Angeles Rams on Saturday at 8:15 p.m. Eastern time. Give us your keys of the game for Falcons and for the Rams. Yeah, so for uh, for the Falcons, it's going to be uh, Matt Ryan needs to play a clean game. Um, I really think this game comes down to him. If he plays uh, a mistake-free game and, uh, you know, doesn't resort to his tactics of uh, when he gets frustrated, just throwing the ball up into multiple coverage, um, you know, double or triple coverage even sometimes with Julio, much like we saw in that Thursday night game with the Saints a couple weeks ago. Um, yep. But if he doesn't uh, poop down his leg, like he's still known for in this situation, <laughs> Um, I yep. think that's important for them. Yep. And then two would be for Dan Quinn to also uh, not poop down his leg. Maybe they can both take an emotion <laughs> before the game. 
Um, I'm so visualizing this. It's not, it's not pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, well, they're, they're, you know, they're taking up uh, preventative uh, emollient before the game together, just in case. <laughs> um, so hopefully hopefully they both do that, and if, and if so, I like them in this game. Um, and, I, and I do like the Rams a, a lot as a team. Um, the, the two things I've been going against the Rams in this game is, one, inexperience. That is a really young team uh, up and down the board. And, you know, anyone who's been there, you know, Aaron McDonald for a couple years, has never even come close to tasting the postseason. So, um, I think this is going to be very different for them, and they're not going to have you know, great home field advantage because uh, you know they can't even pack that place right now. So yeah, uh, for the Rams, they're going to win. Todd Gurley uh, needs to have a game similar to the ad in Week 16 before his week off last week. Um, yep. And again, you know this is going to be a boring take, but it's 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 postseason, right? Um, and I th- and I believe this is one of those games that it's, it's all about turnovers. I think this is going to be a one-score game. Um, so Goff needs to be turnover free. And if and if you know whatever, whatever whichever off you know whoever wins a turnover turn, uh, turnover differential uh, in this game is going to win, which I know again is not groundbreaking, but certain games I think you yep. can book that, and this is one of those. So uh, whether it's two yep. to one, one nothing, whatever that turnover differential, the winner of that's going to win this one. Yep. So my my two keys here for the Falcons are uh, one of them is exactly what you just said, Matt Ryan. I mean he actually needs to turn back the clock. He has to play well. He has to play more like he did uh, last year, at least in his good games. Uh, this year, last year, he was one of the most explosive, explosive offenses in the league. This year, they're barely able to score. The second key is they just got to run, run, run. I mean, the Falcons have some speed with Julio Jones, Taylor Gabriel, Devontae Freeman, and Tevin Coleman, and they need to take advantage of that. They can successfully use speed in the backfield or get rid of the ball quickly in space. They can neutralize the Rams' top three pass defense and take advantage of their 22nd-ranked run defense. So handoffs, short passes, Sounds like uh, the plate is your for the Falcons. On the Rams side, again, I'm agreeing with you. The offense needs to keep rolling. They just need to keep scoring. Now, we can talk about in- reinvigorated individuals, including Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, but as a whole, the Rams ranked dead last in the NFL in scoring in 2016, and they turned it around, and they scored more points than any other team in the league in 2017. I don't know if that's all I'll have to do with Sean McVay, but that's impressive. It'll be on Goff and Gurley to keep the good times rolling. And, of course, I think Aaron Donald will be important in this game. He'll need to continue creating pressure. He's one of the best defensive players in the NFL, and the Falcons will be without guard uh, Adam Levitra, who is unlikely to play due to injury. So heads are going to roll if Ryan holds on to the ball too long, and he has been holding on to the ball too long recently. I also noticed one more thing. Todd Gurley, actually, I don't know if you saw this, tweeted out after uh, the championship weekend for fantasy football, you're welcome, fantasy owners. Now leave me alone. Happy holidays. And which fantasy owners responded by donating to the Shriners Children's Hospital on his in on behalf of hit what he did for them in the fantasy football championships. They have raised thirty three thousand dollars for the Shriners Hospital for Children on behalf of Todd Gurley and fantasy football. That is amazing, amazing stuff. So anyway, let me get back to the current line. The current line Rams by six and a half. Uh, what do you think? What's your prediction? Will the Rams win? Will they cover the spread? I'm taking the Falcons um, in this game. I'm taking them straight up, so I'm certainly taking them with the points. Wow, I'm taking the Rams, and I'm taking them to cover the spread. Oh, we got one one place where we disagree. Let's go on to the next game. Buffalo Bills at Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday at 1.05 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, give us your key to the game for both of these. We're going to have to move a little quickly because we got one more game to go after this. So, Bills and Jaguars. Yes, I'll go quick. Uh, so, Bills, um, you know, for Buffalo, I think – uh, you know, obviously, I haven't looked because it's been a crazy week here, but the health of McCoy uh, is, is vital. But otherwise, yeah. you know, they got to play, um, you know, they're going to have to play conservative on offense and, you know, really kind of a, a boring game plan. Um, but but take take what they give you. 
Um, you know, you don't want to push against Jalen Ramsey and uh, uh, AJ Boye there. So, um, you know, that's that's sort of over my overall strategy, much like the 2014 Super Bowl with the Pats played all the underneath stuff um, against the you know the Seahawks and, and death by a thousand paper cuts. So that's what they're going to have to do here uh, on yep. defense. Um, I think they're just going to have to again. I you know my defensive game plan will be uh, you know the the inverse. Make Jacksonville make 10, 12, 13 play drives against you because Blake Bortles is going to throw up on himself at some point. Um, so we got pooping yep. on ourselves in one game and throwing up on ourselves in the other one. So <laughs> really running the gamut here. Um, All that, right. That's my game plan for the Bills. Is a really I, I try to turn this into a dog fight basically. Yeah. Um, if I'm if I'm the, the Jaguars, the keys are uh, on offense. Um, you know, mistake-free football again. I think that's big. I think they're the more uh, turnover-prone team in this game. Um, so for them, I think the key, the biggest key overall, uh, kind of uh, outside the turnovers, is uh, getting up early and pinning your ears back and letting that, that pass rush go after Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor. Um, and, and that's how that's how Jacksonville wins this one a much more. So one team needs to play super conservative. The other one, I'm I'm, I'm going aggressive as possible. Yeah. So I t- again agree. McCoy is key for this game. He has the fourth. Uh, and fourth, the rushing yard, fourth largest amount of rushing yards in the NFL this season, 1,138. If he does not play due to his right ankle injury, it will be plain Jane Vanilla for the Bills, and I think that they don't have a chance without him. they got to ride momentum. It's been 17 years since the Bills made the playoffs, and they need the Bengals to come from behind with a last-second score against the Ravens in Week 17 in order to make it, but they're going to have to ride that momentum in this, this game and, and really uh, hope they can catch a couple breaks. Jaguars, on the other hand, have to limit turnovers. Bortles has been relatively good all season, but in the last two games has thrown five interceptions, and they've uh, unsurprisingly defeated themselves over those last two games. They have a great defense, but it's meaningless if they continuously give the ball away with good field position, and Leonard Fournette needs to roll. 1,049 rushing yards this season, second most by a rookie in franchise history, and Fournette's 268 rushing attempts were the most in franchise history. If they keep him rolling and he stays healthy, I think they will take this. Okay, prediction time. Current line, Jaguars by 8.5. Will they win? Will they cover the spread? I'm going the underdog again. 180 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. That will be the stat line for Blake Bortles. And Tyrod Taylor will lead the Bills on a late drive, and they'll take this one 17-14. It's going to be a dogfight, and Jacksonville's going to lose because Blake Bortles is about to quarterback sometimes. Tyrod's not great, but I'm taking Tyrod over Blake Bortles. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to take just the exact opposite. I say the Jaguars take this, and they're going to cover that eight and a half spread. I just don't think the Bills have enough power to keep up with them on offense, particularly if McCoy sits. If McCoy's in the game, maybe I would take them with the spread, but I still think the Jags are going to take this. All right. Let's get to our last game of the weekend. That's the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints on Sunday at 4:40 p.m. Eastern time. Give us your key to the game for the Panthers and the Saints. For the Saints, that defense needs to uh, prove they can do it in, in, in you know, in uh, the postseason here. Um, and then on offense, you know, I I feed Mark Ingram, I feed uh, uh, Alvin Kamara, and I feed Mike Thomas. I actually saw a stat today, and I'll say this one quickly. But uh, you know, everyone's been talking about the two, uh, you know, the two running backs with 1,500 yards from scrimmage. I think it's the mm-hmm. first time actually ever that they've had that you have uh, three skill guys. If you add in Mike Thomas at with 1200 or more yards. Um, so that mm-hmm. offense is explosive. I'm feeding those three guys and letting, letting Drew Brees go win this game for you. Cause I don't think, uh, I don't think the Carolina Panthers Panther secondary is a strong suit. So that's where I go there. If I'm Carolina, um, you got to unleash cam. You know, I know, yeah. I know they've done a little bit more this year, but you got to take the reins off that man and you got to say, Hey, yep. 
you don't you don't need to slide. We're not worried about you getting hurt. You know, it's, you know hold nothing back time. Um, and yep. then defensively, they got to find a way to slow down. You know, the wheel routes out of the backfield. They got to find a way. Yeah. I think the X factor in this game is and it's because I'm beating my chest over them all year. Me and you were on the Alvin Kamara train before most. That man uh-huh. is electric, and that's that. Is. I, I if, if Mike Thomas or uh, Mark Ingram beat me, fine. I'm not letting Alvin Kamara beat me. Yep, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come in now and with stats to prove that you are right. On the Panthers side, Cam needs to be unleashed. He needs to be able to run as well. He in the first meeting against the Saints today this year, he ran 16 yards and was sacked four times. As a result, he threw zero TDs when he was intercepted three times. In the second meeting, Cam ran for 51 yards, was sacked only two times. As a result, he threw for two touchdowns and zero interceptions. It's not necessarily cause and effect, but as Cam scrambled, the Saints defense wanted to stay off the line, keep a close eye on the gap, allowing Cam to do more. Get more time to complete passes downfield to a now healthy Greg Olson and Devin Funches. And on the Saints side, Thunder and Lightning, Saints ranked fifth in NFL in rushing yards per game and the first in NFL in yards per carry of Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, the first RB duo in NFL history to each surpass 1,500 yards from scrimmage. That's how they win the game. Feed those guys. All right, prediction time. Saints are line six and a half. Will they win? Will they cover the spread? They're going to win by a touchdown. Alvin Kamara, 100 yards from scrimmage with two touchdowns. Yeah, I love it, Saints, and I say they cover the spread as well. And that's all the time we got. All right, give us your uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, football underscore garbage underscore time on Instagram, on Twitter, at Ryan Whitfield, N-E, and check out my boys at DraftingSleepers.com, the social network for fantasy sports. All right, follow me at FB Garbage Time, and until next time, enjoy the NFL Wild Card Weekend. Enjoy your NFL week, and we will be back next week to talk about the divisional playoffs. Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah Happy New Year, and, and good luck with Bombo Genesis, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>